Praise God. I'm thankful to be here this morning, and I'm sort of thankful for that introduction. Uh, I, I do appreciate Brother Jake and the opportunity to be here. Um, glad to be back at Victory. You know, good to see a lot of familiar faces, some new faces. But I just want to say we appreciate you, me and my wife, we appreciate you. And uh, appreciate y'all just welcome, welcoming us with open arms and uh, treating us like family. But we appreciate this opportunity and we just want to get into the Lord, word of the Lord here. And uh, if you don't mind turning with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm glad to have my wife with me and I'm glad I can say that. It's pretty cool. Anytime I get the chance, anytime we're out, I, I always say it. I make sure to say it. I'm glad to have my wife with me. I'm glad to have my mom with me. My two favorite women and I'm not going to put them in order. They know. <laughs> but if you don't mind standing with me for the reading of the word, if you're able. Ephesians chapter 2, just a couple verses here. Starting in verse 12, it says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Have you ever, do you remember whenever you were without hope? And a stranger to that commonwealth. But in verse 13 it says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Christ this morning? Hallelujah. And then in Isaiah 53 and 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says this. It's very familiar. It says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And just for a moment, if you'd give me a little bit of time, I, I won't take long, but I just want to preach on this thought. The blood is still enough. The blood is still enough. Would you mind reaching forth your hand and praying for me here for a minute? Oh, dear Lord, God, we come to you this morning, God. Oh, God, I pray that you'd just meet us in this service, Lord. Oh, that you'd move, that you'd minister, God, that you'd speak to hearts and lives. Oh, and above all else, Lord, would you meet us in this altar? Oh, I pray that you'd strengthen and encourage, Lord, each and every person in this place. Have your way, God. Have your way. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on the blood is still enough. Hallelujah. In these passages of Scripture, we read of the process of the blood of Jesus being shed. In Isaiah 53, it is prophesied of Jesus coming and living a perfect life and then being led up Mount Calvary, being crucified, being beaten and abused, and that blood being shed for you and I. We, we read about the process of the blood being shed, and then in Ephesians we read why. Why did Jesus shed his precious blood? It's so that you and I could be drawn near unto Jesus. It's so that you and I could be part of the family of Jesus Christ. It's so that you and I, whenever we were lost in sins, could be brought in unto God, unto his family, unto Jesus. And we were no longer known as sinners, but we were known as a child of the God, of God of the king hallelujah i'm thankful for the the shedding of the blood of jesus and I felt like I, as I was praying about this service and I asked the Lord God well what do you want me to say I believe he wanted me to tell somebody this morning that the blood of Jesus is still enough for you oh that the blood of Jesus is still enough to wash you from your sin that the blood of Jesus is still enough for that lost loved one that the blood of Jesus it's still enough for everything that you're going through this morning it does not matter the problem. The blood of Jesus is still enough. 
Hallelujah. And I believe that there are some struggles that we all face. There are trials that we go through. There's some tribulations that happen in our life. And the world would like to offer you a substitute for the blood of Jesus. The world would like to give you something in place of the blood of Jesus. But I want to tell somebody this morning that there is nothing in this world that can take the place of the blood of Jesus. There's nothing in this world that can save your soul except the blood of Jesus. There's nothing in this world that can make you whole, that can give you peace, that can bring you into the family of God except for the blood of Jesus. Don't listen to the devil. Telling you that there is another way of escape from your problems, but it's only through the blood of Jesus. How many of you have come to find these songs that we sing all the time are true? Like, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. There's songs like, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Hallelujah. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. And the blood will never lose its power. I want to tell somebody the blood that he shed 2,000 years ago, it's the same today. And it's still enough for you. It will never Lose its power. Hallelujah. The world will try to convince you, though, that there is something else other than the blood that can do for you what you need. The, blood, the world would like to uh, eliminate Christianity as a whole, but the world has made an effort to take away the blood of Jesus. Recently, there was a translation of the Bible released called the Bloodless Bible. The Bloodless Bible, and in an effort to uh, uh, eliminate some violence from the Bible, they remove every single scripture and account of blood. So in the Old Testament, we do not read of any Old Testament sacrifices. And in the New Testament, we do not read of the precious blood of Jesus. Oh my, my, what a sad Bible that would be to read. Oh, but I'm glad to know when I read my King James Version Bible, I find scriptures like Ephesians 2 and 13 that says, I am drawn nigh by the blood of God. Or Romans 5 and 9 that says, I'm justified by his blood. Ephesians 1 and 7 says, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, the blood of goats and bulls was not enough but the blood of the Lamb was enough to save you. I'm thankful that I can read of the precious blood of Jesus. I never want to get rid of the blood. Oh, it's because of the blood that I'm able to stand up here today. Oh, it's through the blood that I was set free from sin. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Hallelujah. I believe there's someone here this morning, and the Lord wants to remind you the blood is still enough. And not only is the blood still enough for you, but the blood is more than enough. It is more than enough. I have a pastor friend in Oklahoma, a dear friend of mine, Brother Rusty Martin. He was telling me about one of his family members that had cancer. And they were going through this treatment process. And as uh, one of these first treatments was happening, the doctor walks in the room with a hazmat suit on. And carrying a, a bag of just clear liquid. And the, the guy gets nervous. He says, what is that? He said, the doctor says, well, that's your treatment. And he says, 
why are you in a hazmat suit? And she said, if this gets on my skin, it will eat through my flesh. And he said, well, you're not going to put that in me. No way. If it's that strong, you're not putting that in me. And he said that doctor looked at that man and just laughed a little and said, Sir, the blood is so much greater than the flesh. And I believe that's the message I have from God this morning. That the blood, it's so much greater than the flesh. It's so much greater than the problem. It's so much greater than the situation that you're facing. The blood is still enough. Hallelujah, the blood is still enough to cleanse you. It's still enough to save that lost loved one. It's still enough to deliver you. It's still enough to set you free. It's still enough for the physical healing that you need. And it's still enough to give you strength each and every day. It does not matter what you go through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. But the blood of Jesus is still enough. And just for a moment, I want to look at a couple things that the blood does. The first thing I want to look at is the blood of Jesus buys. Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus bought you and I out of our sin? Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus bought you? Aren't you glad that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I? Aren't you glad that he was willing to give his all for you and I? Hallelujah. I'm thankful that the blood buys this morning. And I want to let somebody know that if you are not saved in this house, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I know that's something that we hear all the time. But let me tell you, that's the greatest miracle of them all. Is that such a great God could love such a bad sinner as me. And I want to let you know, because he loved you, he paid the price and shed his blood so that you could be part of the family. There's a story of this woman named Mary Ann Bird. Mary Ann Bird is a, a modern Christian author. And she retells her life in a book she wrote called The Whisper Test. And it's called The Whisper Test because of this one event in her life. She said, she, she goes on to tell us how she was born with a cleft lip. And she said, my, my countenance was marred by this thing that I, I faced, by this situation, by this problem I had. And she said, I felt unlovable all of my life. I felt unlovable all of my life. But she tells about a teacher in her second grade class who would play a game with the kids called the whisper test. And what this was, was the teacher would sit at her desk and the children would line up against the wall across the room and the teacher would whisper something one at a time to the children and if they heard her, they would respond with what she said. So she went down the line and she said, Johnny, I like your shoes. And Johnny would say it back. She said, Susie, I like the bow in your hair. And Susie said it back. And Marion Bird writes of this during the whisper test. She says, my teacher said something to me that completely changed my life. She said, Mary, I wish that you were mine. And I want to let somebody know that's what Jesus did for you. He looked at you whenever your countenance was marred by sin and you just felt unlovable. And he simply said, I wish that you were mine. Oh, and he went down to Calvary and he paid the price so that you you could be his he paid the price so that you could be part of that family even whenever we did not deserve it and we could not earn it Jesus paid the price for you Jesus paid the price for you I was home visiting on a Christmas break or a Thanksgiving break a couple years ago and I was sitting in my room and I heard my little brother Joseph and he was talking to some of his friends he had over and I heard him I overheard him say this he said my father bought me he said, my dad bought me. 
And what that means, I'll give you a little backstory. is my, my little brother is adopted. And in an effort for my mom to make sure they didn't feel like they were lied to, she's always told them, hey, you're adopted. And an easy way to get that across to a child is saying, hey, we bought you. We bought you. And you know, the adoption, uh, that, that price of adoption is an expensive price. But let me tell you this, friend. We have a Father in heaven that bought us, uh, that paid that price. And just like my mom will say, it was worth every penny. I believe Jesus would say, it was worth every drop. Uh, it was worth the sacrifice uh, so that you could be a part of his family. I'm so glad that the blood buys this morning. And I want to let you know that the blood does not, he did not shed his blood for the perfect person. If Jesus only died for the perfect, I wouldn't be saved. But I want to let somebody know that Jesus died for the person that deemed themselves unworthy. For the unworthy person. For the broken person. For the person whose life was wrecked by sin. He didn't come just for those that were good or great or perfect. But he came for sinners like you and I. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that Jesus came. And not just for the good person, but for a sinner. Like me. I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus buys. And I want to let you know that Jesus paid the full price for you. So that you could be completely free from your sin. It was not a half sacrifice. It wasn't just three quarters. But Jesus paid the full price for your freedom. And you can be free this morning because the blood buys. Hallelujah. And the second thing I want to look at is the blood binds. That just means the blood puts back together. Aren't you thankful for the fact that the blood of Jesus can put back together a life that is shattered? Aren't you thankful that Jesus, that the blood of Jesus can put a shattered mind back together? Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus can put a broken heart back together? And I know that not just because I read it in God's word. It's not just because I've heard about it. But friend, I've experienced the, the blood of Jesus. Uh, I remember whenever my life, uh, it was shattered by sin. My mind was broke. My heart was broke. Oh, but I came down to an altar and I just cried out to Jesus and he washed me in his blood and he put me back together again I want to let somebody know that the blood can put your life back together again that the blood can bind up that broken heart that you've been carrying around that no one may know about but Jesus knows and Jesus cares and Jesus has made a way for you to be whole and you have to understand this, that whenever the blood will put you back together again, you will not be able to tell where you had come from and the things that you did. You won't be able to tell the hurt that you faced. There's a song that we sing all the time, at least in Missouri, and it says this. He can take whatever's broken and make it just like new. You won't even recognize it when he's through. And I want to let somebody know, if you'll give that brokenness to God this morning, you can leave this place and you won't even be able to recognize the hurt, the pain that you faced. But he can make you just like new this morning. I believe that the blood is still enough to put together a broken life, a heart that's broken, a mind that's shattered. Hallelujah. I believe that the blood is still enough here this morning. And maybe there's somebody and you'd be honest and you'd say, you know what? I feel broken. I feel shattered and I feel like there's no hope. Let me extend this to you. Just come down to an altar and plead the blood of Jesus on your life.
Just see what Jesus can do with a broken life. I promise you, he can do more in an instant than any doctor can do, than any lawyer can do, than any psychiatrist or specialist can do. Jesus can do it through the power of his blood because that's what Jesus does. In Isaiah 61 and 1, we read about Jesus. It's, it's prophesied of Jesus. He says, he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's what Jesus does, friend. That's what he came to do. And you don't have to leave this place feeling broken. But you can be changed through Jesus Christ and his blood. And the last thing I want to look at is the blood breaks. And I know that sounds almost contradictory. If the blood puts us back together again, how does the blood break? It just doesn't make sense. But I want to let you know that the blood of Jesus can break every chain that Satan has on your life. It can break every lie that the enemy has thrown your way. It can break those situations that have you bound in your marriage, in your family, in your life. The blood of Jesus can break what the enemy has put on your life. Because it's so much greater than anything the devil can throw at you. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 5, we read of three different situations that take place. We read of the demoniac that he's possessed with many demons. We read of the woman with the issue of blood. And we read of Jairus and his daughter that's dead. And in this, we see three very different situations. We see a man that is fought by Satan, one that is fought by sickness, and one that's fought by sorrow. And Jesus walks on the scene. Aren't you thankful when Jesus walked on your scene? Oh, that's when things change, whenever Jesus shows up. But here in the story, we see three very different stories, uh, three very different situations. One man is possessed, one woman is sick, and one man is sad that his daughter is dead. Oh, but Jesus fixes it all. And what I want to point out from this is that your situation may be different than others. I might not know the details of what you're facing, the details of what you're going through, the situations may, may be different but the solution is always the same and the solution is Jesus Christ and his blood that he shed for you and all you got to do is claim it in the name of Jesus just plead the blood of Jesus on your life it's so much greater than the situations that we face hallelujah I want to let you know that Jesus already paid the price for you he already went to Calvary and shed his blood for you and I that we could be free. Yet how often do we stay in the bondage of the enemy? Although we've already been set free. I believe that if we went down to the local jail this morning and we paid the bond of any one of those inmates, they would not stay in that jail cell. They would not stay in those prison clothes, but they would get out and they would not walk the same. They would not talk the same. Their lives would be completely changed. Yet how often do we as Christians, whenever Jesus already paid the price for your freedom from depression, from your, for your freedom from anxiety, for your freedom in your marriage, in your family, he already paid the price. But how often do we just stay in that prison that the devil put us in? 
But I want to let somebody know that this morning, this Sunday morning, that you can walk out of that prison. That it's time to take off those chains from the enemy. Take off the prison clothes and just walk on out and be free. And whenever Jesus sets you free, it's not just partial, but it's completely free. He said the Son will set you free and free indeed. That means completely free. You can be completely free this morning. From the prison that the devil's put you in. Hallelujah. And it's not because of anything we can do in ourselves. God knows I'm unable in my own strength to set myself free. And oftentimes when we do, we, we, we make it worse for ourselves. We can't do it on my own. But through the blood of Jesus. Through the price that's already been paid for you. Somebody can be free from sin this morning. Somebody can be free from addiction this morning. There's a family that needs freedom. I want to let you know that Jesus already made a way for you to be free this morning. And it's through the blood of Jesus. I'm closing. If somebody could come to the music. I'm trying not to hold you long. But on November 26, 2008, Islamic terrorists, they stormed the Taj Mahal Palace. And they killed hundreds of people. And after this carnage was over. There was only one lone survivor in this whole tragedy that happened. And a news reporter asked this man in an interview, they said, Sir, how is it that out of 200 innocent people that died, you were the one person that survived? He began to retell the story as it happened in his life. He said, well, as I heard the, the gunshots and the screams throughout the building, I knew exactly what was happening. He said, but out of nowhere, someone grabbed me. And pulled me under the table that I was in the room that I was in. They pulled me under that table. And those, as those men made their way in that room, I heard the, the, the gunshots, the bullets scattering. But at the end of it, he said, I was somehow still alive. And in this interview, he said this statement that has just so gripped my heart since I've heard it. He said, I suppose I lived only because I was covered in someone else's blood. And I want to let somebody know the reason I'm able to stand here today. The reason I made it through the trouble. The reason I made it through the trial, through the struggles, is because I was covered in someone else's blood. And I want to let you know that you can make it out of sin. You can make it out of the sickness and out of the sorrow through the blood of Jesus the only way we're going to make it is if we are covered by the blood of Jesus there is no other way of escape and I believe there's somebody and you've looked for answers in other places you've looked for answers through different people but I want to let you know that everything you need it's in the blood. Everything you need is in the blood this morning. Like I said, I don't know your problems. I don't, I don't know the things you're facing. I wish I could help you, but I can't. There's certain things that Brother Jake can't help you with, although he'd want to. There's certain things that friends can't help you with, but that only the blood of Jesus can. I remember whenever I was younger, I remember being scared of some situation. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the details of it all. But I remember my mom from a very young age. She taught me about pleading the blood of Jesus. She said, Cameron, if you're scared, you can just say, I plead the blood of Jesus. And I'm so thankful she taught me that at a young age. 
Because there were situations where I didn't know how I'd make it through. And I didn't have the words to say. But all I said was, I plead the blood of Jesus over this situation, over my life, over the things I'm going through. And let me tell you, it was more than enough for me. And if it's more than enough for me, I know it's more than enough for you. And what I want to challenge you with as we all stand here tonight is that you may be going through a situation and you don't have the answer. You're going through a problem and you don't know how you're going to make it through. Saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I want to encourage you this morning. Just run to Jesus. Just come down to an altar. Find a place to pray and say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over my marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over my broken life, over my broken heart, my broken mind. There's addictions that I'm facing, but I'm pleading the blood of Jesus, knowing that it's enough to set me free. And what I want us to do here this morning, I want us to be reminded that the blood of Jesus is enough. I want to let you know, whatever you need, friend, you can come down to this altar and find that the blood of Jesus is enough for you. I'm going to make a general altar call. Why don't we all come, find a place to pray, and if you're with your family, you can kneel with your family, but I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over the situations in your life. I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over your family. I want you to plead the blood of Jesus over that addiction or problem with sin that you've been facing. Why don't we all come and just plead the blood of Jesus? Why don't we trust in Jesus this morning for the answer to our problem? Find a place to pray wherever you're at. Find a friend to pray with. And just plead the blood of Jesus over your life. And I promise you this morning, you'll find that it is more than enough for whatever you need. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you made on Calvary. Way back.